Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. You wanted to come with it, done it, we got her with punishment. Dug it, just got with it, but it's either what we come to win. Others in love with the drug and this family just running it. Long as the public is coming, then we keep them coming in. What's up, everybody, and welcome to 48 Minutes. I am one of your hosts, Alex Derrickson, joined this week by Sean Mackey. What's going on? And to cover this upcoming Lakers season, the 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 one that is the prelude to the conspiracy theories of, of LeBron and Paul George, from Silver Screen and Roll, Harrison Fagan, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Absolutely. Are, are you ready to get knee-deep in some tinfoil hat? Yes, I, I'm always, like, you guys know, like, anyone who listens to Locked On Lakers know I'm Captain Tinfoil Hat. Like, I, I you know, like, the, the NBA only gave the Lakers a, fi- a $500,000 slap on the wrist because they already know Paul George is going there. Why else would they not? <laughs> I love the confidence already. I love it. You're like, it's going to happen. I love so, the way this is getting started. Yeah. So before we get into it, this is 48 Minutes. It does post each and every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like that, you can head over to 48minutesnetwork.com where you can read all the articles we've been posting to get you ready for this season, where you can listen to all the podcasts we've been doing of team previews to get you ready for this season, and you can like, subscribe, and share us with your friends on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please... Write us a review. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Help us get found, because as I always say, we are the fifth most popular NBA podcast that has the number 48 and an incense in Cincinnati <laughs> that is hosted by three men over the internet. So, Harrison, how you feeling heading into this Lakers season? You know, I- I've said this the last three years, but this is finally going to be the year that they're fun to watch. You know? <laughs> and I think, and I-, I honestly believe that, and I honestly believed it the last couple times, too. But they are, it's like Groundhog Day, and they keep tricking us into thinking that this is going to be the year where they're finally fun again. But I think there are reasons to believe it's actually true this time. Like, Lonzo Ball's passing, just in and of itself, is worth watching. He's he, he's just incredible. His vision is incredible. It's like nothing I've really... I'm too young for Magic Johnson to have, like, kind of crossed across my TV as a child as a basketball player. And so... Like, Lonzo Ball, like, I just haven't seen anything like it. And I definitely haven't seen anything like it in person, which I did get to go out to Summer League and watch him. And everybody describes his passing as transcendent, and there's really no other way to describe it. It's it's amazing. And when you combine that with, like, there's a couple other fun young guys that are looking at it. Like, it's a tr- contract year for Julius Randle. They have, they have probably, like, the best group of veterans that they've had in a couple years between KCP and Brooke Lopez. This is going to be a fun team. I don't think that they're going to be a particularly good team. I don't think they're going to be a playoff team. But they're going to be more fun to watch. They're going to play more functional basketball than the last couple of years. And you, you mentioned this with Lonzo with this passing. I noticed that during the summer league, right, where – I, you don't typically see a point guard throwing 60-foot outlet passes, you know, to wide-open guys. And I, I think it's going to be the the best route, I mean, if we're just going from, like, the bottom trying to run out the top, the, the best route for the Lakers to beat a team like the Warriors is going to be to rush the offense before a team like Golden State can get back on defense. And I, I think Lonzo is going to be that player, <clears throat> maybe not this season for, for all 82 games, but you know, a couple seasons down the road where it's going to force teams to play defense from each end of the court. 
Yeah, I absolutely agree. And Rob Polinka was saying during, I remember it was Lonzo's introductory presser, and I kind of laughed at it a little bit. He was comparing him to Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, and like we didn't even know yet how far down the hyperbole rabbit hole Rob, Rob Polinka <laughs> was willing to go. Like that was just a little preview. He's at half court calling audibles like Peyton Manning. You're like, this isn't the right sport. Exactly. Like, wait, did we get this guy from football? Like, um, no, but. <laughs> But Lonzo, he actually does this. When he gets a rebound, he's immediately like he's in his kind of little pocket. He's looking up the field. And during summer league, more often than not, Kyle Kuzma was his wide receiver. And he was heading down the court and just like, like that dude would take off the second a Laker hand even tipped a ball. Like he was just, he was just like, oh, OK, this means free points. I'm ready to go. And <laughs> just like dashing off down the court. And more often than not, it was doing pretty good things for the Lakers. And, it, you know, they're going to probably struggle to get that many deflections against actual NBA players instead of Summer League players. But Are you that, saying Summer League doesn't count? Yeah, I'm saying Summer League is better than <laughs> Summer League The rumors fun. are true. The that's rumors the, are true. That's the show's motto. <laughs> yeah, summer, summer League is barely basketball, but I, I think that there are some things that you can take away from that, and Lonzo's quick hit-ahead passing that has transferred at every level so far is one of them, and I think it is going to be a huge asset for the Lakers, and other than Brooke Lopez, they have a bunch of guys that are ready to run. Julius Randle, even. like That wasn't necessarily something that you'd look at him the last couple of years and be like, yeah, that looks like a dude who's like ready to dash out and transition, but he went on whatever diet training program he went on this summer and in like two weeks is all of a sudden like he went from like flab to fab and he's like uh, he's ready to dash out and transition too so I think the whole team is ready to run like we're gonna get multiple times this season where Lonzo throws like an alley-oop from half court to Larry Nance Jr. to just detonate on somebody and I do think that it's like all this stuff is why I'm saying I think they're going to be a lot more fun to watch than the last couple years. I agree. Lonzo is the first point guard I've seen that, right? I shouldn't say the first point guard, but the the point guard that I would say is the person who wants his ball, wants the ball in his hands the least. Yes, I think that's accurate. And like people describe him as unselfish, and they they describe like people describe Chris Paul as unselfish. But Chris Paul wants to pound the ball under the ground before he does it. And Chris Paul's amazing. He's one of the best players in the NBA. There's sure. different ways to be great, but Lonzo. That, that's why it's weird when people talk about him. Oh, he's the prototype pass first point guard. He's really not. Like, the prototype pass first point guard is a control freak. Lonzo treats the ball like it's a hot potato. But he just has, like, normally that's kind of. Uh, like that's a way to like uh, to like insult a player, but it's not. He generally makes the right decision with getting rid of it. He just does it faster than we typically see. So, have you heard his rap single? I have not actually. I'm. I actually. I can't believe I didn't go back and listen to that. We actually. We had Grant Goldberg, our wonderful and talented social media intern, review that song, and I edited <laughs> his piece, but I never actually went back and listened to the song. This is really embarrassing. Oh no, no. It's it's. I mean, you aren't missing much. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's not bad. I've heard some of his stuff before. I haven't heard the new one, but that one that he has is his pin tweet. Like he's not bad. Like no. he's definitely not the worst NBA rapper ever. He did not. Even no, play. he's not Shaq or Randy Savage. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it just seems like an unnecessary crossover, especially after his whole trash talk with Nas. And th- these topics always come up when Tim's not here because I really wanted Tim to just vehemently sigh when I just mentioned that. He. But, we need Lonzo Ball and Nas to have a rap battle. Somebody needs to make this happen. Uh, I think that's how people get killed, man. Yeah, we don't want that. That's just that's just how you get that's just how you get embarrassed. I mean, don't you want you don't want to see Lavar's reaction even a little bit? I I I do, 
But I, I also do want to talk about LeVar for a minute, and this seems like the best way to, to, to transition into it. Do you see him as a distraction this season? And if so, how much? So my answer on that has actually changed. Going into the draft, I did feel like he was going to be a distraction. But having kind of kept a closer eye on him since Lonzo was... And that sounds creepy. I'm not following him around or anything, but just paying It's okay more if attention. you are. Yeah, okay, fine. He's, I have he's, been following he's got him around a little bit. blue eye souls, man. I mean, come on. Yeah, we're in, we're, we're in a trust tree right now, right? Okay, I've been following Absolutely. him around a little bit. But he's... No, but What's in all seriousness... Like? Uh, if you watch the reality show, uh, which I guess reality show, there's something to be said about whether or not that's misleading because they still have control over what you know footage goes out or whatever. But like the way that he talks and stuff, like it seems very tongue in cheek. He seems like I think he's a good guy at heart, and like the whole kind of carnival barker act is mainly just for branding, and you can't really argue with it. It's worked out. He has a 16 year old set. Like there are grown men buying $400 shoes endorsed by a 16 year old now because he's on Big Ball brand like i i mean it, it's worked for them and i don't think that lavar is going to be that he's going to be a distraction in the sense that the media is going to follow him around uh, in an endless horde and just ask him to say crazy things and then write about it and i'm gonna have to aggregate it and it's going to be the bane of my existence but as far <laughs> as a fun, like an actual functional problem for the lakers i don't think it's going to be at all in fact it might actually be a distraction later on from like if they aren't that good or they aren't on the fringes of the playoff race then like if somebody's writing about lavar saying that yeah he could still beat michael jordan one-on-one i don't know what ridiculous <laughs> thing he's gonna say next but he, he if lavar's saying that stuff then that's time that writers and bloggers are spending not writing about his son not playing that well if he's in a slump or time that those guys are spending just not writing about the lakers as a whole struggling and so I don't anticipate him being a large problem. The only thing, and Lonzo actually went on a different podcast. So you guys got like the much lower tier Laker guest today, so I apologize for that. But Lonzo went on the pro it's, basketball. It's appropriate for the tier of our show. <laughs> <laughs> I am the Lonzo Ball of your podcast. I'll take yes, I'll yes. Um, I, that might be too high praise, but I'll take it for now. Uh, so he went on the pro basketball talk podcast, and he said he doesn't see Lavar's comments posing a problem for his teammates and I kind of believe him because I think that these guys get to see LeVar behind the scenes and the only way that this like kind of becomes a problem is if he does something like at the end of the UCLA season where he says they lost because they had a bunch of slow white guys and like that's going to probably be an issue uh, like if he if he starts just calling Brooke Lopez that slow white guy in every interview then that's probably going to like maybe be a problem in the locker room although Brooke Lopez seems like he's pretty affable he may not care um, but like stuff like that is the only way that I think it could potentially be a problem. Harrison. So there was one big trade this summer that happened with the Lakers. They, they finally, they, they cut ties with D'Angelo Russell, a guy that I liked, uh, during his first two seasons. And I, you know, you see Lonzo ball. He totally made you forget about him just by his summer league performance alone. Uh, how do you feel about him being shipped out, and what does Brooke Lopez bring to this team? Because it's funny to like look at his stats, and the fact that he pretty much doubled his three-point percentage in one season is pretty incredible, and was probably one of the best, if not the best, three-point shooting center last season. Yeah, Brooke Lopez is going to help the Lakers. I, I don't think that that's a stretch to say. Now, and getting out from under Timothy Mozgov's contract is going to help the Lakers. The part Oof. that I kind of disagree with is shipping out Russell to do it. And, like, those can both be good things, but I still think overall it was, like, 
process-wise to me, it was a net negative because I still think D'Angelo Russell is going to be really good, and I think oh, he's going to show that. I completely that. agree. But yeah, we're going to get some like we're going to get like probably around two weeks into the season, the national media's like hot take is going to be, well, the Lakers were dumb to trade D'Angelo Russell. Look at how well he's playing in Brooklyn when he's the only guy that touches the ball and the whole team's built around him. And like, uh, and there are going to be like a bunch of Lakers bloggers and Lakers fans just screaming and tearing their hair out. Like, I told you guys, like we told you. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I think he's going to be good. And so I don't think that it was the best move. It, I also don't think that it's going to be something that like torpedoes the franchise or anything. I, I think no. if it were me, I would have held on to Russell. But I think getting a year of Brooke Lopez to help out with Lonzo's development, maybe make the team look a little bit more respectable to free agents. I, I guess and and getting out mainly getting out from under Mozgov's deal. Those are like those are two really good things. And so with like the benefit of like a little bit of space between then and now, I think the move looks probably and how well Lonzo has played kind of justifying the decision a little bit more. Although I think him and Russell could have played well together. I think that move looks less bad than it did at the time, but I still don't think it's great. Like they're going to have to prove that they can go out and execute this plan and sign those two max guys next summer for this to look like a good move. Because if they sign LeBron and Paul George and they need to get out from under Mozgov's deal to do that, then all of a sudden this looks like a pretty good move, but it's one of those things where the results are going to have to justify the process rather than it being good process and you live with the results, if that makes sense. It's it, it's kind of akin to the, the 2010 free agency, right, where you see teams like Chicago making like the Heinrich move to Washington, uh, Brooklyn doing their disastrous you know haul that they had with like Joe Johnson, Travis Sotwell and all that. So, I mean, it's, it's high risk, potentially high reward, but it definitely seems like the Lakers are playing a long game. Yeah, they 100% are. I mean, it's not even that long. They're playing a one-year game. They, sure. They've they've wink-winked and <laughs> tampered their way about all around, uh, you know, next summer's free agency. And I think that's that's the end game here. I think that's why you're desperate to get out under Moscow's deal so that you can do it a year early and teams aren't holding you over a barrel as much as they would be with if there were heavy rumors that LeBron and Paul George were thinking about coming, but the Lakers still need to shed a deal. And if they do it a year out then maybe they have a little bit less of a hard time kind of finding somebody to take Mozgov into that cap space. And, you know, they had Russell to offer as a chip to do that, and Brooklyn had the space. Who's to say that Brooklyn would have had the space next year? It's possible they would have, but it also sounded like they were potentially looking at other salary dumps with Brook Lopez's contract. And so the Lakers, I guess, had to beat out those other teams looking to dump salary. And whether or not they ended up making the right decision, we can't really know yet. But that's the decision they made, and that was the price that it took. And it, it gives Brooklyn, you know, kind of a, a reasonable piece to start building around, too, because they were absent of that last season. Yes. Uh, like, dep- unless, depending on what you think of Karis Levert, I guess. But, you know, <laughs> well, I, ca- how- I, I, think, I think half your listeners were like, did he just make that name up? And they just. Made- <laughs> <laughs> but, but how fun will it be if D'Angelo Russell is actually, like, phenomenal last year and somehow propels them to like the 10th seed in the east and totally screws up that Cavs pick that would be hilarious because that would be so funny it would fit with (laughs) russell's reputation as kind of the ultimate nba troll and so if he he showed up and just like and and just tanked that celtics pick then i think lakers fans would like retroactively love him again Oh, of course. And the, I mean, the East is wide open, basically, outside of Chicago. That's what we're saying. Uh, outside of, you know, Cleveland and Boston and Toronto and, I guess, Washington as so like actually, a distant. 
I think we have to put our tinfoil hats back on here. Did the Lakers send him out there anticipating this move <laughs> so that he could he could be a double agent and tank that Boston pick? You, we, you can't prove that they did. Oh, oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> okay, this, no. is, this is the Brock Osweiler Denver thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, they they sent him there. They sent him there to not torpedo that franchise, but to t- torpedo their rivals. That was brilliant move <laughs> by Magic Johnson. I love that. America. I love that. So speaking of tinfoil, speaking of tinfoil, now I brought this up earlier, and I would say it was probably about two months ago. The Contavi- 48minutesnetwork.com. Yes, yes. Um, the Contavious Codwell Pope signing, which was, was kind of hilarious how it came about, because, you know, free agency kind of comes and goes, and then all of a sudden they throw $17 million at Contavious Codwell Pope, a guy who shares an agent with LeBron James, and they come out, you know, and, and Magic and uh, and Rob come out, and they're like, you know, we just, we watched some video, and this is the guy that we really want, we love his defense, you know, this is just a great player to have on the team, and I'm like sitting there thinking to myself, you know, you could have signed him earlier in the summer, and you waited a really long time, but then all these rumors started coming out about LeBron possibly coming, and uh, Paul George has been slated to go there for a year. What's going on, man? So we know that the Lakers think highly of Contavious Caldwell Pope for a couple reasons. Number one is that they <laughs> paid him $17 million. Number two is that Rob Palinka compared him to bread brought down from heaven to, to feed starving people. <laughs> so, did he really? Yes, he did during his intro press conference. You can go oh back and look that God. up. He, he compared him to... <laughs> but one of, the, one of the most bizarre things about it was that he spent probably five minutes of the press conference praising his agent which was the first time i think i've ever seen that because he he, and it was like a pretty transparent like hey you're a pretty great agent it would be pretty great if you brought lebron here next summer and like we're kind of they were basically wink winking and almost almost kind of acknowledging that they were doing him a favor and that that was part of it they never said that but it was hard to not take that away you know, it was funny because, you know, to me, like, I saw it immediately, and now, like, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was last week, people were coming out about, you know, talking a little bit more about it, and I was like, why didn't we talk about this a month ago? Like, I just, I don't understand. I mean, it's it's very transparent to me, and, uh, you know... <sighs> It's fine. It's a it's a nice little one year deal, kind of a kind of a you know this is you know you do us a favor here, we might do you a favor later kind of situation. I get it. That's fine. And I don't I don't hate Contavious Codwell Pope. I was actually kind of surprised that the Detroit didn't resign him. Um, so it'll be nice to see what he does on a one year deal and everything. But uh, that's going to bring us into our next topic. So all this LeBron nonsense. I just want to bring it out. LeBron sense. Le- LeBron sense. How confident are you that he comes to L.A. next year? Oh, I'm not confident at all that that's like a certainty. Like the Lakers get linked to all of these guys the last couple of years. I totally agree. Yeah. And until somebody comes, it's hard to get be like quote unquote confident that they're going to get one of these guys. Now, it seems like they're very – I actually wrote about this for Silver Screen and Roll like about a month ago. This seems to be more real than past pursuits. There's like enough smoke here and enough different reporters reporting this stuff. And I feel the same. kind of agreement same. on the way that – like on the reasons he'd do it. And there are enough just logical reasons even without the reporting that you can just kind of look at and say, yeah, that's actually something LeBron may want. And so 
I think that there's def- there's definitely a chance. Anyone who laughs it off is just being stupid. But the, I, I don't think it's a certainty by any means. Yeah, I, I think I'm more confident that Paul George might come there than LeBron. I mean, it, I mean, it's going to make Los Angeles very exciting if he does, no doubt. I'm, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be fun if he comes. But I, I, I wonder about the some of the other players on the roster, like who stays, who goes, if those two players come, like what happened, what becomes of Brandon Ingram, what becomes of Julius Randle, two young, uh, really decent players. Uh, say, say the rumors are true. LeBron James and Paul George both come next year. And where does Brandon Ingram fall with that? So I think Brandon Ingram is kind of a different question than what happens with Randall. I think Randall is actually going to just kind of be a casualty of math. I just think cap-wise, it's going to be hard enough for them to hold on to him that I just don't really see him lasting past this year if they're trying to pursue these two max players. But we've also seen, I guess, this summer restricted free agency for Nerlens Noel. It didn't shake out the way that he wanted. So maybe there's a chance Randall is this is next year's version of that guy where he's just kind of sitting on the market for a long time and he ends up coming back to the Lakers. But as far as Ingram, I I still think he's fine because the way that the league is going, you want as many of these versatile, talented wings as you can have. And could Brandon Ingram, Paul George, and LeBron James play in the same lineup? Like, I don't think that that's out of the question. That's a lot of versatility and length, especially as Ingram starts to fill in and become better defensively. And LeBron maybe takes a little bit of a step back athletically and, like, moves down and plays the five in some small lineups, which is something, regardless of where he goes next, I anticipate him starting to do a little bit more as his career trends forward not never a full-time center but at times in lineup in smaller lineups that's just the way the league's going yeah and so I think that I I don't see any reason why that would mean that Ingram was out because because the whole point the whole thing in the league right now is that you want to be able to switch everything you want to be able to have as many versatile athletes on the floor as possible and you, with LeBron, Paul George, and Brandon Ingram, you could just send those guys in waves. And especially while Ingram's really cheap, you're not going to find a better backup wing for those two guys than Ingram on the free market for like a better price. And and while we have the topic of younger guys uh, right <clears throat> going on right now, uh, I want to talk about someone that we actually we spoke to you about uh, last summer uh, when you were on our old podcast, uh, The Corner Three, um, Zubach. What do you expect to see from him this year? Um, do you see him getting more playing time? Um, I mean, he, there were moments last year where he looked pretty good. Yeah, he he has a lot. I was a lot more optimistic on him going into the summer than I am now. He has a lot riding on this training camp, I think, because during summer league, he did not play well. And, you know, we talked about summer league is barely real basketball. It's really not suited for a player his size. But the fact that he played so well in it last year at least gives you pause when you're slotting him in automatically as he's going to be the primary backup five, especially when Luke Walton has shown so so much predilection to want to play small ball. And so, you know, as my co-host Anthony likes to talk about, if you're gonna if you're gonna sub Brooke Lopez out, you aren't gonna sub in like who a player that is right now a slightly worse version of Brooke Lopez. You're probably gonna want a different look, especially if you're Luke and you like to play small ball. And so I would anticipate a lot of those backup five minutes going to Randall or going to Larry Nance Jr. or going to guy you know the, like either of those two guys at, at times during this season. So 
I think Zubats actually has has to show a lot when he comes into training camp that he's grown from last year. Otherwise, he may spend a significant time of uh, amount of time of this year on the bench until some injuries clear up, some playing time, or he starts to play better in practice because he just didn't look good in summer league. And like uh, he was a guy that he he's still a guy that I'm high on, and I still think he's going to be good. But I think people did last year get a little bit carried away because he's such a fun personality and he's so young and he's like so charismatic that I think people were starting to anoint him a little bit sooner than maybe they should have. Also looking over the roster, you still have Luol Ding just kind of hanging out there. Uh, Oh, is he still here? Yeah. Oh. You so you still you still have this pretty huge contract. I'm I'm actually kind of shocked looking back at it how much money they're paying him this evening. Seventeen thousand. I think so are the Lakers accountants. They go <laughs> they're like, and, wait, this guy that doesn't and, play. And and let me tell you, like I, growing up a Bulls fan, like he was such a great player for Chicago a couple of years ago, and ever since they. They had that botched uh, spinal tap with him. Like, I don't think his career has quite been the same. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. It it was interesting that they signed him to begin with and to throw that much money at him. Because, you know, with going through those years with on the Tibbs defense uh, with that, it just he took a battering and he had a string of injuries while he was in Chicago to begin with. So, I mean, he's an older he's a great teammate. I love Luol Deng. I'm always going to love that guy. Uh, But do you see him perhaps getting bought out or do you see that being used as a trade chip? It's definitely not going to be used as a trade chip. It might be used as a, as like a trade dump. But trade dump. I trade think, dump. I think, that's what I, meant. I think is what you meant. I was <laughs> that's like, what I you meant. said a lot of nice things about Luol Deng, and then you called him a trade chip. This guy <laughs> might. Like, like that might be like a hotter take than anything Levar Ball has said this summer. <laughs> um, no, what's what's crazy is that Dang, like, not only was he good in Chicago, like, he he wasn't good for a couple years after that, but then he was really good in Miami as a small ball four yes. before the Lakers signed him. And, like, everybody thought that that contract was going to be an overpay, but not to the degree that it looks like right now where he just looks totally washed. And I, I don't – you know, we, we actually – we had a podcast about this where I was talking with Eric Pincus about this, and – there is a way that the Lakers can not dump him and still be able to free up enough max space to sign those guys, but they basically have to get rid of, you know, they'd have to get rid of Clarkson for sure. They'd have to get rid of Randall. They'd have to get rid of, like, basically everyone else that's not already signed long-term to be able to get around that. And so I do anticipate them trying to move him and dump him off on somebody, but that's not going to be easy. And it's going to be awkward because how much can he play realistically early in the season? Like, Luke Walton loves his veterans but how are you going to justify keeping him in the rotation when you have Kyle Kuzma on the bench like about halfway through the year when the Lakers are out of the playoff race like I just I think Dang's just going to get sat down again and I think that this is going to be a mistake that haunts the Lakers for a while and so I think given how not gun shy this front office has been about making a splashy kind of fiery quick uh like move I think that there is a chance that they just end up stretching him next summer just to be off of it and not have to deal with the press that comes from having Luol Deng on your team and people constantly talking about salary dumps and just maybe they agree on a buyout for slightly less so that he doesn't have to stay there and just sit on the bench. Who knows how that works out? But I can't I can't see him on the roster when not, not this coming season, but the following season opens. I think it, uh, somehow, some way, they're going to get out from under that deal. 
Totally, yeah. I mean, there's, I, I just, I don't see him playing there the whole season, honestly. Although so we I, said, like, they, they need more versatile wings, like LeBron George, uh, Le, LeBron James, Paul George, Brandon Ingram, Lou Aldang. <laughs> he's number four. Yeah. <laughs> A couple more before we get you out of here, Harrison. Uh, uh, I'm going to steal one from Alex's playbook. This is a question we, we've been asking all of the um, all of the bloggers that have been coming on here to give us our season previews. Um, superstars withstanding, if you could add a, a mid-range talent to this team that would kind of get them to the next level before before the whole possible LeBron signing... Is there anyone that you would put on this team that might elevate them a little bit more at this point, this season? So, so I haven't actually spent a whole lot of time looking into non-superstar free agents for next summer because the only guy that the Lakers, I think, are even looking at are like LeBron James and Paul George and Russell Westbrook and those guys. <laughs> and so I haven't spent a whole lot of time on the class outside of them. I guess I'll give you a cliche and say that they could really use another kind of 3 and D wing. That's going to be one of the biggest things, especially with – you know, the passing from Lonzo that we talked about earlier, he's going to need as many floor spacers as possible. And so getting a, a stretch four or getting like a three and D wing would be huge for this team. But I mean, that would be good for, I guess, just about any team. So it's kind oh. of a generic answer, but the Lakers might need it more than most just because they don't have anybody who even really resembles that right now, unless Randall or Nance got a whole lot better shooting this summer. And then like Kentavious Caldwell Pope is a three and D wing, but who knows if he's even going to be on the team now next year i mean three and d wing harrison you you got cory brewer man <laughs> uh, he's more of like he's more of like a flea in d wing like he doesn't he doesn't shoot three i joke i but joke he does, he does he does take off he does love to run and so he just he like, does cory brewer i don't think ever stops running he just does like laps around the court when the ball stops i I, I love Corey Brewer going back to college. So <laughs> no, he's amazing. He, he's like he's, a really good guy. Too. He's he's a great player to have on your team. No joke. No joke. Um, all right. Well, uh, before we get you out of here, uh, I want you to, if you could, tell everybody on the internet where we can find you. Your Twitter, Silver Screen and Roll. The floor is yours, sir. Okay, so you can find my writing at silverscreenandroll.com, and you can find my Twitter. I'm on Twitter at, at @hmfagan. You can follow me for the latest sarcastic headlines about the Lakers. If you want the actual like headline of the article, follow Silver Screen and Roll. But I just generally my headline plugs are pretty sarcastic. Uh, you know, I'm the <laughs> I'm the managing editor of the Daily Titan, which is Cal State Fullerton student paper. So if you'd like some new like the hottest Cal State Fullerton news, definitely check us out there. Um, I host a daily podcast called Locked On Lakers, which soon I can actually call it a daily podcast again because during the off season we went to like two a week because there's nothing happening. And but starting next week we go back to daily Monday through Friday. So if you really want your Lakers fix, my host and my co-host Anthony Irwin and I we go Monday through Friday. We will have new episodes for you to listen to in your car and get you through your day at work, whatever it is you need. Uh, and yeah, that's amazing. I'm just looking forward to covering another season of Lakers basketball. It's been I've been uh, you know thinking a lot about it. This is going to be my third season covering the team with credentials, and uh, you know it's just it's pretty incredible. It's a dream come true. So I, I really can't complain. And getting to do stuff like this is awesome. Getting invited on people's podcasts, and you know I really appreciate you guys having me on. 
We really appreciate having you, Harrison. And wow, five podcasts a week. That is... It's a commitment, man. That, it's that's, like, that's almost suicidal, but I, I love it. I love it. Only by the fifth one of the week is it almost suicidal. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, you could just, you could tell in our voices a little bit, like Anthony and I are ready to fight each other, and then we come back on Monday and we're like, we're happy to talk to each other again because it's been two days. Harrison, it has been wonderful having you. Uh, on behalf of Alex, who somehow dropped off during the podcast, uh, yeah, he just disappeared. I'm, a, I'm a little worried about him. He just, he's, he, yeah, he had some technical difficulties, so he's been <laughs> texting me since then. So, uh, thank you again for having, for, for coming on here and talking LA Lakers. It's going to be an exciting season. I am, they're one of my league pass teams, so I'm super excited to, to watch some Lakers basketball this year. So keep up with Harrison on SilverScreenAndRoll.com, and thank you for listening to 48 Minutes. All right, thank you for having me.